0: Welcome. Good evening. How are you today? I am good. I'm a little low energy but good. Maybe we'll pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll get into it. Or maybe we will just get through it. <laughs> or just
1: stay mellow. Right? Know? Just
0: like chill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got um, energy for the world right now. I'm a You
0: know, plug. you really just do.
1: I'm gonna go home and crash
0: so hard after this. That'll be awesome. I've been and like good a, for you. I've been
1: like a top uh, like a top.
0: Yeah. Like spinning, so like spinning, 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 spinning,
1: but and as soon as I bet you like I'm two blocks from my house.
0: You'll just like come down. It's just gonna straight come off. straight
1: down crash. That's fair. And then I'm just gonna change into my PJs and go to bed.
0: Love it. Awesome. Okay. So today's topic. We want to talk about personality disorders. We do! And part of it is just recognizing that, uh, especially around the holidays, like we spend more time with our family, and they can be triggers for our stuff, Um, and there's certain personality types that are a little bit more aggressively triggering Mm -hmm. than others, Um, and so... You wanted to talk a little bit about, like, personality, how it's defined, all of that. Yeah. So why don't I let you start there? So
1: personality. So personality is defined as an enduring uh, behavioral or mental health trait. Okay. So mental trait. Yeah. Um, that distinguishes each of us as our own individual person. Okay. So personalities, uh disorders, then, are defined by experiences and behaviors that uh, differ from, like, the social norms or the social mores um and social like those social expectations yeah so it's something that uh so a personality disorder is something that um needs to be diagnosed from a proper clinician so Mm -hmm. i do want to put a warning in about some of the things that we're talking about tonight because we are going to go over symptoms just to if you if you hear some of these symptoms and you are starting to reflect like oh my goodness is this me Please don't self-diagnose off of our podcast.
0: But also, like, the other thing is that if you start to recognize certain behaviors and personality traits in others, um, also recognize that, like, it's not your job to go and be like, oh, you've got this personality disorder. And there is significant difference between a personality disorder and a mood disorder, right? So we talked a little bit about, like, anxiety and depression before now. Um, and anxiety is like a big umbrella, and depression can can be a scale, like, you know, from severely depressed to moderately depressed to mildly depressed and situational, um, whereas personality disorder is really just how you look at the world.
1: Well, yeah, they um, it's how you're experiencing, you might have difficulties in cognition, um, emotiveness, and a personal functioning, um,
0: and impulse control issues. Absolutely. And so, you know, part of the reason... Again, like we talked about at the beginning, it's kind of recognizing that we're spending more time with our families this time of year. Absolutely. I don't, but other people do. (laughs) Um, And I don't because of of the triggering challenges that happen within, you know, family dynamics. Um, But if you can start to recognize certain behaviors and then, you know, look at how that affects you and your relationships, like that's a really good way to then create some boundaries around that and look at how you can do that differently so it doesn't become as triggering as it can be for some people. Right. Um, we also want to talk a little bit about the kinds of people that we are attracting or attracted to right. and what that's about um, because personality very much is how we formulate our view of the world and then behave in that world, yeah? Yeah. And so the disordered piece is if you're doing that in a way that's not helpful to you or others. Right. Right. So, I mean, I think we'll, we'll kind of um, definitionally go over the, the personality disorders. and mm-hmm. So when you are diagnosed by a, a trained clinician who has the ability to look at and talk about those kinds of disordered behaviors, what they are looking for is patterns over time, right? right? And so you have a very bubbly personality, you have a lot of energy, which people can mistaken as an extroverted nature, yeah. and thereby have that be your personality.
1: Right, and then they get shocked when I'm like, no, I cannot go out on Wednesday at 7 o'clock because my bed is 8 o'clock, because right. I'm an introvert, and I am exhausted by my extroverted
0: career. Sure. <laughs> and when you have that kind of energy, like, you know, you had talked about earlier that I, um typically have been an extrovert, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I would get my energy from being around people and all those things. Since I've been doing this work, I have shifted more to be an introvert because it takes so much energy to do my job.
1: Right.
0: And though I get energy from my job, it can be also very draining. Right. Um, so I don't want to spend as much time with people. In fact, I want to spend a lot more time by myself in smaller groups or one-on-one. And so really kind of noticing that that's not a personality type. That's that's part of your personality, but it's right. not the whole thing.
1: That's, yeah, that's a huge misnomer in the the community and just in general is like, oh, you're an extrovert versus an introvert. That's a personality thing. It's not. It's, it's actually it's, more
0: it's, to do with like your social, your social awareness right? and like. Your energy. Absolutely. Where are you
1: getting it from? Extroverts get their energy in charge by being around other people. Mm-hmm. Introverts get that energy back from
0: not being around people but right, being in their own heads and yeah.
1: doing their own thing and
0: processing internally. Sure, and we've talked about the fact that like, you are, as an introvert, more of an observer, and so mm-hmm. you spend a lot more time looking at how other people interact without interacting with them, and then a lot more time in your head, mm-hmm. whereas an extrovert would spend a lot more time interacting with other people, and even though they do have things going on inside, it's not as... Um, dominant in how they behave with others. Right. So there's Absolutely. that. Okay.
1: So hopefully it kind of clears that personality and what that is. Let's talk maybe for a minute before
0: we really dive into the technicalities sure. of the access to. Um, so she's talking about the five access diagnosis, which we don't use anymore. Um, not with the DSM-5. Not with the DSM-5, but before when, when we would diagnose at work um there's so there's axis one which is usually mood disorder axis two is a personality disorder most people don't have a personality disorder right correct right so um and then there's a axis three which is living it's health oh it's health so if you have any health issues axis four is um, any external factors and then your GAF score or functioning score. Your daily functioning. At what
1: percentage are you functioning?
0: And most people function at like a 65 or above. Right. um, And 75 or 80 if you're doing, you know, really great. And obviously you're not going to come to my office if you're a 75 or 80. Right. Um, But all of those kind of help us look at a picture of who a human being is. It is not the whole picture, but it is a way to kind of, address that. So access to specifically, not a lot of people fall into that category. Some people do. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit more about what you're going to say.
1: Oh, we were going to talk about our formation of personality and sure. how our personalities form and develop throughout our life and our experiences. Absolutely. And how we formulate how we our cognitions and our emotional expressiveness. And so that all starts at a very, very young age Absolutely. through attachment to our primary caregiver, mm-hmm. which I think is really fascinating. Or caregivers. Caregivers. If there's sure. multiple, um, but that was that was primary people that we're forming this attachment with in our childhood in this first uh, the first three years of life, right. really will shape and mold our personality mm-hmm. for the rest of our life. It's
0: very it's formative, very amazing. Partially because it's it's exposure to environment, mm-hmm. but there is a large component that is genetic, mm-hmm. right? And so. If we were to, to say, you know, mom's personality is this, dad's personality is this, that will affect how then you are, your personality is developed. Right. Uh, but it's not one thing or the other. No. It's a, it's a combination of a lot of things. That
1: are coming at that developing brain. Absolutely. At such a small, young age. Yeah. It's
0: and so that I'm reading right now, um, and I don't think we had to read it in graduate, um, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog. No. Um and so it talks a lot about trauma. It's pretty heavy, heady shit. Yeah. Um and it's hard to get through. Um but it is what I love. It's done by a um an MD psychiatrist. Um and he's looking at Uh, the effects of trauma on a young brain, and on a child's brain, and how that affects personality, it affects behavior, it affects, like you were saying, cognition, so thoughts, what people are thinking about, or how they're perceiving things. And then
1: how they're emotionally emoting that out into the world, and how they're managing their emotions.
0: And so all of those things, um, you know, kind of when we look at psychology specifically, in my orientation, really looking at personality development, and then because I work with teenagers and adults, how they've been able to function both in a healthy and unhealthy way as teenagers and adults because of those formative experiences
1: right
0: and so we all have that you know like we all have um our history our our culture our language um who our primary caregivers were like all of those things definitely affect then how we behave right um and then if there are any significant experiences, both positive and negative, right. how that affects then how we orient ourselves to our world, right? Right. Um, and so the the disordered piece of that is really shifting how someone perceives their reality versus how the rest of us experience it. Right. Right? And
1: that's, the, that's right there with the personality disorders. There's the trigger. Yeah. Right? So you may say... I don't like your shirt, mm-hmm. to Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob's like, cool, you're not wearing it right on, right? Yeah. You might say to George, I don't like your shirt. And George might explode.
0: And he might take that as a personal attack it's on a, his, himself. His like, character. Absolutely.
1: Instead of saying, I don't like this trait. It's not even a trait. I don't like this article of clothing. Sure. He might feel that that's an attack on his character. Absolutely. And so, and then explode and, and have that response.
0: and And behave in a way that is is off-putting right or triggering um, or it could feel very normal because maybe that's how mom did things right? right and that's how she behaved and so even though George is kind of a dick like what we know to be true is that feels comfortable
1: right that's the normal absolutely that's the normal so we can then think about how do we define things as being pervasive if that's somebody's typical normal
0: right so and if it's healthy or unhealthy Right. You know, and, and I think ultimately healthy is, is it best for you to be your highest and best optimal functioning self? Right. Right. And so I think that the reason that, that looking at this is kind of important is that then it helps you to navigate those more challenging, difficult relationships. Either, you know, with your family, with your significant other, with the people that you're choosing to spend your time with. And then how does that affect you and are you living, you know, your best life?
1: Right. Is it enhancing your life? Is right. it balancing your life? Is it sequestering your life? If you've ever been in a relationship with somebody with a personality disorder, um, it can be sequestering. You can feel very off. You can start to feel very
0: off. But it also affects how you think about yourself, right? Absolutely. And so that's a big part of your personality is if you often feel like you are less than or not worthy or, um, you know, nobody likes you or you don't deserve, you know, good things, blah, blah, partially that could be you and then partially that could be how you were raised or who you spend your time with, right? Right. Um, there's memes all over that are like, before you diagnose yourself, make sure you're not hanging out with assholes. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's certainly true. Truer words
1: were never spoken. (laughs) All right, so All right. go ahead. So I'm going to list these off. I'm just going to kind of rapid fire, and then we're going to focus on some of the big uh, the big ones. So access to personality disorders, as we talked about what uh, an access to is, paranoid personality disorder, schizoid personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder. Cool fact, the Mind Institute here in New Mexico mm-hmm. is one of the leading um, researchers for schizotypal really? personality disorder. Yeah, they have an MRI machine. Pop people in there all the time because they want to see how their brain, their cerebellum, to be specific, is functioning. So they do a ton of research. So they actually are pretty, pretty big deal. That's kind of awesome. It's kind of awesome. Go community. Antisocial personality, borderline personality, which we've referenced, I think almost in every podcast will say something.
0: I mean, I think we, we do, and, and you and I have, you know, both personal and, and professional experience with that. Absolutely.
1: Um, histrionic personality, narcissistic personality, and that's not just staring in the mirror, folks.
0: That's or taking just... all the selfies and posting them on Snapchat. <laughs> narcissistic personality <laughs> disorder is actually a pretty, um, negative and frustrating, uh, personality disorder. Yeah. Someone who has that disorder is very frustrating, or can be. Can be.
1: Um, there's the avoidant personality. I'm not doing the dishes. No, that's <laughs>
0: not how that works either.
1: Um, dependent personality, obsessive compulsive um, personality. Which and then, is
0: different than an anxiety disorder right, that is obsessive compulsive disorder.
1: That one's driven through anxiety. Absolutely. Absolutely. This one is, is a bit different. Um, yeah. And you can Google that because that's not one that we're going to explore tonight. But it is really interesting to learn about. And then there's just personality disorder not other, otherwise specified.
0: Which is like a general catch all. And along uh I would say a DSM four, maybe, um so eighties, nineties, people were using borderline personality disorder quite ubiquitously and just like slapping that on everyone who was having challenges in their life.
1: And big thing in that time was that it was uh bipolar disorder. Yeah. Not really borderline personality. Which and, is an access one. Sure.
0: And we know more about it now, mm-hmm. um, but the unfortunate thing is that there are lots of people whose behaviors fall into the category um, because of their, how they're behaving with others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 more challenging thing, and I think you know, in, in my small community of therapists, what we talk about is that, that borderline personality disorder specifically is, is on a the spectrum. Mm-hmm. There are some people who like have a little, like a touch of the, you know, touch of the borderline. Smidget, like if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have traits, features or characteristics. Um, whereas someone who has like a full blown personality disorder, the way that they perceive the world is very, very different, very different. than the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just something to note Specific to how the diagnoses have worked in the past. Um, And obviously these things change uh, very slowly, but they do change over time. Through research,
1: Um, investigation, more communication
0: in the mental health
1: community.
0: And shifting from something that could have been perceived as disordered before now, Mm -hmm. which now isn't, but could still be addressed and treated with mental health and medication
1: absolutely so keep rolling with the borderline personality disorder let's go ahead and roll into that one first the hallmark of that is emotional instability
0: it is and the way that i explain um well let me just back up so clinically for me um generally i don't treat a lot of personality disorders like it's just not um it's not something i see very often Mm -hmm. with clients in my office however What I do see is that clients who come to me generally have someone with a personality disorder in their life. Not always, but the way that I describe it to a client is basically, and borderline specifically, is it's how they see the world. Mm -hmm. So if, if, I wear glasses most of the time. Like, if I were to take my glasses off, everything looks a little bit fuzzy, like...
1: Do I look like a Monet right now?
0: You don't. <laughs> so I don't know what you look like, so my brain just goes, oh, that's that. Um, But if we were to put on glasses that shift everything, like, turn everything upside down, like, mm-hmm. even though that I know the world doesn't look upside down, the way that I see it mm-hmm. would be that, right? Right. So someone with a personality disorder... Is really in their own world, primarily in their thoughts and how they perceive the behavior and action of others. Wow. Okay. Yep. Which can be really distressing, both for them and for others. Right. Specific to to people with borderline personality disorder, um, there there are a couple hallmarks that I I often kind of highlight. So they often see themselves as victims yeah um, of everyone right so yeah. they're the kind of person that struggles to keep a job um, for a significant amount of time because there's always going to be someone in that job that is somehow victimizing them right they right. don't get the right schedule uh, so-and-so is always an asshole to you, um, you everybody know. gets
1: a raise but me exactly so I they look harder than everybody They
0: perceive, right that they are somehow victimized The other thing is that they cannot sustain long-term relationships Mm -hmm. because they basically um, will find fault in everyone around them. Those relationships will become turbulent. Often. And like you said, emotional regulation is a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So they can't maintain, um, you know, kind of a contentment. They're always going to be really negative and negative about everything around them, like, oh everybody at the store, and ugh, everybody drives badly. And again, they're, they're being victimized by, like, everyone in the world got up this morning just to piss you off.
1: Someone shitting your
0: Cheerios. Right, like, every day.
1: <laughs> For the rest of your life.
0: But the other thing is they also have rage-outs, right? They yeah. have these really um, intermittent, explosive behaviors... Absolutely, and they're big and frequent mood swings. Yes, and so one day they can be total, and that's why bipolar was often misdiagnosed yes. as borderline because um, they would have these like really high highs, and then like the next day, without, not so much depressive. Right. And and that is another hallmark is that the depressive is not just like a low grade. I have low energy. I just want to sleep. It's everything is the worst, and I'm going to kill myself.
1: Yes. That and is so, a big one right there, that suicidal or self-harming behavior, even cutting, can be indicative.
0: It can be, but I think it, that's more of a spectrum behavior. Mm-hmm. It's it's often the, everything's the worst and I'm just going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. The follow-through is less likely. Right. But it is something that they throw out often, that this is just, that's how they feel, right? So right. the, the rage-outs, big ones. Um, victimization or feeling victimized. Big one. Big one. Um, emotional instability, big one. Mm-hmm. And so again, the way that I perceive it is on a spectrum. And there's some people that are just like, oh, poor me, right? right. Everyone's against me, blah blah. Uh, but they can still maintain relationships. They can be really draining, but you right. know they can still do that. Whereas the the bigger ones, and and what I've also noticed is that they cycle. Yes. So they it can be cyclical in their behavior. So they can be dormant or quiet or less victimy mm-hmm. um, for a certain amount of time, and then it'll build. And you can tell when it's building because they will intentionally stimulate drama.
1: They poke it.
0: Yeah, and they poke then it. they're going to start the edges. Yes, and Sing they're going to start with people, right? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it growing, and then there'll be a big rage out. Mm-hmm. They'll start behaving in a certain type of way. They are also incredibly manipulative. Yes. Um, and so that's one thing that you kind of need to pay attention to is you often feel like drained with when you're hanging out with someone who's like this, right? Um, you often feel like you, you there's nothing that you can do to like please them. Because, well, they won't
1: find solutions. No, they won't find solutions because they, that's It's not within the wheelhouse right Cause that victim mentality that I
0: always me needs to it's part of the personality needs to be there absolutely Um, So they're very attention seeking and actually in in most of the personality disorders there, that is a hallmark of them is that they're very attention seeking. They want to be the center of attention and generally not in a good way, which that stimulation of drama creates for them. Right. Right. It's, it's very validating mm-hmm. when people are in their shit. So mm-hmm. if they are, you know, they're the ones that are the gossip in the office. Right. They're the ones in the family that if they find something out, they're going to call everybody and just like give pieces. They're going to stir the shit. Absolutely.
1: Or they're the person that, what's wrong? Nothing. When it's clearly evident.
0: But the part of that is just gonna suck you in and exactly. like, get you to pay attention to them
1: to give them that. Well, they have an irrational fear of being abandoned, and that causes very powerful emotions in that perception of their world. If you Absolutely. are walking around feeling constantly like I'm gonna lose my best friend, I'm gonna lose my mom, I'm gonna lose my job, I'm gonna this abandonment issue.
0: But it's not just I'm gonna lose. It's they're gonna walk away from they're me. They're gonna leave me, abandon me, right? Exactly forever and part of that could have been triggered from some kind of abandonment in childhood childhood trauma right and so you know death of a parent uh, divorce um you know primary caregiver changes like those kinds of things or um you know having neglect Mm -hmm. so that they never felt valuable or connected to in a securely attached way to a caregiver Right. right. So all of these things are, again, things to keep in mind, um, but recognizing that, you know, obviously we don't want you to self-diagnose, we don't want you to diagnose other people, but to be aware of how that affects you, right? So I do want to talk a little bit about narcissists as well, or people with narcissistic personality disorder, which is a little bit different. Because um, they look similar. They do. However, um, there are some hallmarks of that. So... Um, an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Like, they are just, like, the most important person in the room. What they do is the most important. Um, there, I
1: There's a deep need for excessive admiration.
0: Well, it's not just that, but it's also... Attention. Attention in that they are the best, right? Well, well duh. Hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it is, and, and I, I love uh, this little test that I do. Um, so if you know someone who... You can be having a conversation about anything and they will then turn it, one, to themselves and two, talk about how they are the best at it or have done it the best, right? So I went on this vacation, blah, blah. They're like, oh my God, I went to the bigger island of Hawaii and I did this thing and it was so awesome. And they can turn any conversation (laughs) to themselves. And I usually test that with talking about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ooh, the most mundane of things, yeah. and if they can turn that into a, oh my god, I had the best peanut butter, <laughs> then I'm like I gotta go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. Right. I gotta go make my nut buttered
0: sandwich on I my own. I just need to not talk to anyone. <laughs> um, so that that's a big part of it, believing that they're superior and can only associate with people who are the best. Um, oftentimes they will like be the leader of a company or but they're very exclusionary to people who they perceive as inferior Um, they have no uh, qualms or shame about asking for special favors or their their ethics and their um, uh, character might be a little questionable right like they have no problems doing things that are Probably illegal or probably not a good idea. Because breaking feel like...
1: kneecaps. Tanya Harding. Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. Mic drop. <drum>.
0: Enough right. <laughs> said. But they also feel like they're entitled to it. Entitled to winning the gold by breaking knees. And consequently, they should not be penalized. That right. they are above the rules. They are above the rules. Um, willingness or unwillingness to recognize or even... Like, they have a hard time with empathy. Not in a, a sociopath pathway, way, yeah, I but similarly, that. right? So right. they're like, I d- could give no fucks. Like, and not give no fucks in, like, a good way, but, like, I don't care what other people feel or need or whatever. Like, right. I need and, um...
1: Well, you have your friend call okay, you're the narcissist, your sure. friend calls, oh, I just went through this breakup and all these things. Well, let me turn that around. I went through the biggest breakup two months ago and you just need to get over it and blah, 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 blah but they make it this about themselves. This is how you do it and make it about themselves. But they also don't pay heed or attention to the person needing someone just to listen sure. or be there as a friend. Absolutely. And that's where those boundaries that you need to have as that friend on the other line need to come into check. Yeah. An and place. just like
0: be aware of it. Absolutely. Um, they're also very like envious, right? This the, the very jealous people.
1: Very jealous um, and arrogant in a haughty. They can behave very arrogantly and in a haughty fashion, right? Um, and come across, yeah,
0: conceited, pretentious, all, Both, those well, things. all the
1: bad, all the not bad things, but to an exaggerated yeah, level,
0: they can bad. be pretty bad. Right. <laughs> um, they can also have rage outs. Um, they can be um, antagonistic right. and kind of. Uh, push that drama button. Poke the bear. Absolutely. And then be like, they they are really good at gaslighting.
1: Oh let's just take a moment okay. for our listeners to have you explain gaslighting. Stella like learned me a whole bunch about this because I was like, there's this term and it's going around. Explain it to me because I Googled it and I was like, I don't really understand how this works. But explain gaslighting.
0: So gaslighting is a behavior um usually done In order to manipulate other people. And so basically what it is, is poking you to get an emotional reaction from you while they remain totally calm. And then you'll have an emotional reaction to that and they'll be like, oh my God, why are you being so crazy? Right? So it's a very manipulative technique to throw you off balance. Um, And it's done specifically to to get a reaction, right? right? And then to somehow then feel the victim of your craziness. Right? right. So it and it's it's very uh, pervasive yeah. in abusive relationships specifically yeah. because often you will feel crazy. Right. You will feel like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I I why am I reacting this way? But it's it's done intentionally.
1: And I think it's done very frequently. Sure. Very frequently. I've witnessed. Once you defined it and broke it down for me, I started noticing it interactions between the students mm-hmm. i started noticing it interactions between staff i started noticing it interactions between my family members yeah. i started noticing it when this shit was happening to me mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it's a very common common thing
0: right and i think people don't know that they're doing that all the time mm-hmm. oftentimes um you know somehow getting an emotional investment from the other person is validating yes and that's not really helpful when you're trying to have a healthy relationship, right? Right. Where I can tell you, no cat, I don't want to meet this evening and you're going to be fine with that. All right, cool. Let's reschedule. Right, so absolutely. is good. But the, the challenge would be then if you were like, well, you never want to hang out. Oh. You're just like always doing, I'm never. just always busy. Right, I, you never have time you for me. You never
1: make any time for me.
0: And I'm like, I totally make time for you, like, this is a thing. And then you keep poking, but, like, subtly. And then I get upset, and then you're like, wow, you're all upset about this. You're upset when you were trying to blow me off? Right.
1: You were the one putting me out.
0: Yes. And then suddenly you're the victim.
1: I'm so victimized. Just kidding. But we've been
0: in relationships with people who are like that.
1: Right. Friendships, significant others, partners. Absolutely husbands
0: it's something to pay attention to and nurse narci- people with the narcissistic personality disorder are really good at that people yeah. with borderline personality disorder are good at it as well but um, again it, it's part of how they perceive the world and they will do a lot of times whatever's necessary to get that validation yes and if they often feel like they're going to be abandoned or that people aren't looking at them with admiration or um, invested in who they are like they'll go above and beyond to get that feeling yeah which is really unfortunate for people around them because you know they're often people around them are and and there's a book that i recommend if if um clients have are are in relationship family whatever with people with borderline personality disorder um there's a book called stop walking on eggshells yes
1: that's a really good one kreger
0: and jensen um, and I, I recommend that book a lot because then it gives you perspective on how to manage um, relationships and have boundaries with, uh, with people like that. I do want to talk a little bit about um, the histrionic antisocial and dependent. Or is there anything else you want to say about... Oh,
1: real quick, just before we leave the narcissistic personality disorder, just being aware and conscientious that individuals with the narcissistic personality disorder have a tr- have a trouble um, handling anything that they perceive as criticism. Sure. Okay, so they become impatient. They become angry. People with road rage, right? But to the extreme. Sure. Um, they have significant interpersonal issues, which we've already talked about, they react with rage and contempt, Mm -hmm. so just be very conscientious, because this is a very volatile um, expression of emotion that um, these individuals can have unless, you know, they're seeking treatment, and we'll talk about treatment options for all of these um, at the end when we're summarizing. Um, but they do also then
0: have major problems
1: handling stress and change mm-hmm. and adapting and feeling depressed.
0: Absolutely. And and two of the movies that I recommend, if you feel like someone you're in relationship with has um, either borderline or, or narcissistic personality disorder, um, have just escaped me. Misery. Uh, that's a Stephen King book. Ooh. That one's a really good, one. A good one. And then... Um, what is the boiling the bunny one? Oh, I don't. What? You never. I don't know. Oh my god, boy.
1: I just. All I know about is like if you put a frog in a pot of no! water and you still boil it, the poor little thing won't jump out. I am learned and told, and this makes me feel sad oh my god, in you're my It's so funny. Heart. Like,
0: I recommend this movie all the time. Is it Thumper? It's not Sleeping with the Enemy. What is it? Is it, um.
1: We gotta loosen our cognition. That's how we remember things, or we just Google it.
0: Yes. I'm looking. She's
1: googling, folks. She's googling. Speaking of road rage, I had a case of that today. It was awful. Fatal attraction. No, oh, there it
0: is, Glenn Close. Glenn Fatal Close. Fatal attraction. Yes. <sighs> because she really put a lot into that relationship. And I think even with misery, right? So, but how they perceived it was then with rage and yes. feeling like the victim. And yes. those are two really extreme examples, but they're very helpful in recognizing um, how this can really go sideways. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, the the, um, the rage, the indignation of feeling Rejected, um, having any kind of feedback or feeling like people are abandoning them, they react as though something really terrible is happening, right. and then you know it's kind of the next level, and and the person who is experiencing that can feel really um, thrown off and and attacked, and it's victimized. It's, absolutely, absolutely. So when, when we're talking about people who stalk other people, who right. are abusive, who um, have a history of relationships and and <laughs> it sounds bad but oftentimes they're going to talk about their past relationships like oh my god she was so crazy when the reality is you probably were the crazy one
1: maybe you were driving her crazy right? maybe she was just fine before you met her
0: <laughs> right exactly and, and then this happened and then this um so antisocial personality disorder often people who are shy and asocial right Mm -hmm. who do not enjoy being around crowds all those things are labeled as antisocial when actually antisocial is a very aggressive um law-breaking like disregard for other humans Disregard for boundaries like that's actually antisocial and
1: typically that scene that starts being seen in childhood But it's not diagnosed as a personality disorder until formulation into adulthood and they um, In childhood, they'll have it be like an ED diagnosis, which is an emotional disturbance right of the child and there's some
0: other um, And usually kids will grow out of that kind of behavior It's when it goes into adulthood and right. then it, it gets to the place of prison, um, jail, sure, crimes, crimes, drugs, mm-hmm. pretty intensive,
1: socially not accepted
0: right. practices. And so that's a little bit of what antisocial looks like. Um, there's a lot of lying. Impulse control, like you were talking about before, they have a really hard time even just regulating, like, that's probably not a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't even show up for them. Right. right? They're just going to go for it.
1: Right. executive functioning planning consequences no yeah it's just not a thing that
0: happens don't Um, look just jump (laughs) and then consequences are awful um histrionic and borderline also look similar except that uh they tend to be uh emotionally dramatic right they are always trying to seek attention in probably not healthy ways right promiscuity right? They're stirring up drama. They are often, um, if you believe in monogamy, they're going to go the opposite just to kind of get a reaction from you. Um, they also might seek relationships with people who aren't very healthy for them. And that there is a pattern in the people that they're seeking. Um, they can also be very, um, surface, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're really focused on how they look or, You know, those kinds of things without really a lot of depth or um, connection with other people. It's Mm -hmm. very much about them. Or even real
1: deep connection with themselves, knowing who they really, really, really are. And there are lots
0: of people who struggle with Mm self-awareness, but to the point where they avoid it. Right. Like, I'm not going to look deeper than that. This is just who I am.
1: I don't want to examine my personality. I'm perfect. Right.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so then the last one... Is our avoidance. Our avoidant, yeah, those are tough. Tell me a little bit more about what you know about them. I want to talk about but interesting. Our
1: avoidant personality um, individuals, they have a lot of social inhibitions.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, They have a feeling of inadequacy. It's constant, long, pervasive, prolonged. That's all of these. Sure. They're lifelongers. And sensitivity to that criticism and that rejection that can happen. So that sensitivity towards the criticism and the rejection right? Because I don't feel adequate. I'm afraid of that. If I go out, I'll get that. So they, those three, they circle around each other. They sure. feed each other in a, in, a, in a beautiful triangle circle. I'm making a circle, but I <laughs> should be doing a triangle. There's only three. Um, and so to receive that diagnosis though, you have to experience components um, by the time you reach adulthood. So this sure. one really starts to manifest again. Like, antisocial personality starts with con- a di- diagnosis of ED, which is typically conduct disorder in mm-hmm. children, and then rolls into adulthood. Right. Um, this one is going to start, again, in childhood, and th- by the time you reach that early adulthood, um, they're going to experience the symptoms, and it's going to become more pronounced, and it's going to then, because of that pronouncement, it's going to look, it's going to be a personality disorder, sort of lifelong Um, But they avoid activities um, at work um, that involve interpersonal contact due to fear of criticism or rejection. So they won't go to Thanksgiving in the teacher's lounge. They're going to have their own meal by themselves, you know, because earlier that week, they feel like Barbara looked at them weird. Right. Right? So I don't want to go because Barbara's going to be there, and she kind of looked at me weird, and I thought everything was okay. Um, so there's anxiety in this. So they spend as well. a lot of time internally in, in their head, and in, in willingness to interact with others unless um, they're, they're certain that they're going to receive a positive outcome. So anytime they're with a, in a friendship or a relationship, and there's any kind of critique or criticism, they're going to drop that friendship immediately instead sure. of finding resolution to it. Right. So those are your individuals that you're like, yeah, we we're really good friends, and then I said something which I don't even really know what I said, but then we just like they go sit down and stop talking. Right. Um, and so they
0: are Which is different than introversion.
1: It is. And again, that introversion and extroversion, let's clear this up in the community. Introversion is you gather your energy from internally charging by yourself. Mm -hmm. Extroversion, you're going to gain your energy by being with other people. Right. You're going to externally get that. Um, and so the avoidant personality too, they're reluctant to take risks and engage in activities that might be embarrassing. So public speaking, that's a big one.
0: But like, like, you'll never find them doing karaoke.
1: No, <laughs> no. Even if they have like the most beautiful voice on the planet, can't can't risk the criticism, can't risk the social embarrassment, can't risk this. You know, oh my voice isn't that good, even yeah. though the spectacular, spectacular beautiful voice. Sure. Um. pre, they just it's a lot of that feeling of inadequacy, and it inhibits that social interaction. Mm-hmm. And so that's the avoidant personality type.
0: Yeah. So the last one I, I just want to touch on quickly, and, and we're going to run out of time, um, is dependent personality disorder, which is different than codependency. Right? Um, oftentimes people will think that codependency is being dependent on other people, when in reality, reality um, it's doing everything to not have someone reject you, be mad at you, whatever. Right. Whereas dependent personality is actually being dependent. Um, they're generally submissive, clingy, uh they don't do a lot to take care of themselves because then they'll feel like they're going to be rejected um they have difficulty kind of doing things on their own having their own voice um they just are completely conflict avoidant like they're not going to point out anything negative um it's actually kind of sad to think about it because they so is this
1: like the person that we would call and i'm doing air quotes folks like a doormat
0: yeah absolutely. this is a doormat person. which is like it, it It's codependency, but, like, on steroids. It's way, way worse than someone who's just always saying yes. It's someone who does not even consider saying no, right? At and her. so they're just, um, they have a hard time in relationships. They tend to pick people who will be dominant, controlling, abusive, because that's just easier.
1: Well, because that person's going to make all the decisions. Right they Don't have to make a decision, then they don't have to have the, the reflection and maybe a criticism making the bad decision.
0: Is that right? Or well, I think am I getting that, that that's confused. part of it, but I think it's also just because they don't trust themselves enough to do it. And oftentimes, if they've been enabled their whole life, they don't feel like they've really exercised the muscle of making a good choice, having a, a mistake happen, and then being able to correct. Right. They just would rather not. So, if someone else is in control, that's more comfortable for them than if they were to make decisions on their own. Got it. So quickly, we want to talk a little bit about causes and, um, and then treatment. Right. Right. Um, so causes like we do, we talked about earlier in development, right. certainly if you have a trauma, if you were raised by someone who has some of these features, obviously you're going to learn how to behave from, from your caregivers right. and what you're told. And, and so if, if you, experience that behavior as normal air quoting again um you're going to then behave that way right Right.
1: that's the basis of your reality if mom or dad or grandma whoever was raising you explodes at any kind of criticism all right that's what i'm supposed that's how we're supposed to react that's how we react in this family exactly this is norm
0: the norm to me yeah and so when you're in relationship with other people um you may struggle to connect as long as you're aware of, like, that didn't feel good for me, like, let me behave differently. Right. Um, oftentimes, clients who were raised in, in households where uh, someone had a personality disorder, they are often fearful that they will behave in that way. Um, but nine times out of ten, what they're doing is to be the opposite, right? So, um, the,
1: like, extreme polar opposite? No.
0: Uh, not necessarily, okay. but okay. even just being called out on it, they're going to want to correct that. Whereas someone with a personality disorder, um, is not they're not even willing to look at the possibility.
1: They're like,
0: that's not an option. Well no, this I, is it's, who I am. this is who I am, exactly this is who I am. And it feels very um concrete yeah. and inflexible. Right. And I think that's one of the kind of the characteristics rigid rigid. of all of them is the rigidity and, mm-hmm. and the inability to move forward. Um, I know this wasn't, like, the funnest topic, but it was interesting, and obviously we could talk about it for longer. Absolutely, Um,
1: but getting ready for the holidays. Yes,
0: and so, uh, treatment models quickly, uh, dialectical behavior therapy. DBT. Is a great model, but it is a personal investment. It does take up to two years with very rigid, consistent attendance. Right. Um when i have worked with people and i don't like i said i don't work with a lot of people but i have worked with a few teenagers we can shift that perception to Mm -hmm. do some fact checking with like i realize this is how it looks what do you think everybody else is seeing like how do you connect in an empathetic way with other people to kind of shift if you feel like you are being the victim of this what could be the alternative Right. right And so I think those are really good treatment models.
1: Yeah, absolutely. DT is um, one of the, mo- the most powerful and the it's most It's the huge. most
0: effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you are dealing with someone who has traits like these, the best way to deal with them is by having boundaries and not engaging. Right. So if someone's coming at you with a lot of rage, a lot of victimhood, and a lot of negativity, rather yeah. than getting in there with them and validating them, right, kind of just nod your head and okay and then take some space Mm -hmm. right and fact check for yourself if you feel like you're being gaslit if you feel like someone really likes to get a rise out of you if you
1: feel like you're walking past their office and you feel like you're walking on eggshells yeah
0: or just like avoiding saying anything or avoiding being yourself like that's indicative of the fact that you need to have better boundaries with that person right and if the fear is that they are going to explode or behave in a, in a toxic way or, or fight with you, um, here's the thing. They're going to fight with you anyway. It's going to so happen. you're going to take care of yourself yes. first. You shouldn't have to worry about them. Now, obviously with family, it's a little bit more challenging. Right. But there is nothing wrong with having a boundary with a family member.
1: Absolutely um, not. Saying, I'm going to come for Christmas... I'll be there between this time and this time yep. because I can only allocate three hours of my boundaries and and my energy and my, energy, my this, time, my time my, and having that awareness sure. and mindfulness of the interactions you've had in the past, how it made you feel, what you need to do to to take, feel, care, of to take care of yourself.
0: Absolutely. And even if
1: that's only showing up at Christmas for two hours, because that's your max throttle, that's a okay.
0: And if someone is is you know kind of imposing a lot of guilt or being very passive aggressive, there's your sign. Like that's where you get to say, you know what? I'm gonna be there from this time to this time, um, and this is my limit. Right. Um, that's gonna take practice. Yes. Right. But practicing it, especially now during this higher um, probability of people behaving in a way that's not helpful for you. Right. That's gonna make it easier for then Joe at the office who has no boundaries and talks about himself all the time and you know right. so recognize that using these skills is really helpful now both of us um did our research obviously we're trained to be able to diagnose and yeah. and look at um but i i suggest that if you want to check things out i um went to the mailclinic.org just to kind of print out some things that was really helpful obviously you don't have to use the dsm-5 but Again, don't diagnose yourself. Yes. Don't diagnose your family members. Um, you can recommend that people maybe talk to someone. Right. Um, if you feel like some of these traits that you were raised with mm-hmm. are showing up in your life and it's not helpful to you, definitely seek out um, treatment and help for yourself. Yep.
1: Seek out a professional.
0: Absolutely. All so, nice. heavy topic... Um, but kind of good for, as we go into the holidays, um, we may have to take a three week break because I think in two weeks is Christmas. Is it? I think so. No, I have three weeks till Christmas. Thank God. I don't do Christmas, so it's fine. But we'll figure it out. I think, yeah, two weeks. We should have one more and then we'll head into the holiday season. Holiday so season. I do have us down for the 18th to record a new one. Perfect. And that topic will be different.
1: TBD, <laughs> if you guys have any, uh, requests, if there's something you would like us to discuss or talk sure. about, um, let us know. Send us an email. Yeah. Um, we have the email set up at the Gmail. The email at the Gmail. X to the Zennial, uh, at gmail.com, x to the number two, t h e x e
0: n n i a l, at gmail.com.
1: You can DM us on the Insta.
0: Yep, that's x to the Zenial underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and sharing, and the feedback that we've gotten has been incredibly positive. So thank you for all of our listeners and people who are invested in learning um, what we are talking about. I we love enjoy it. doing it. We love it. <laughs> all right. We love it. Thank you so much. Have a great evening and a good week.